0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If I went into the Calvary bookstore, And I told my wife Elvira, I said, honey, I've worn out my, I've worn out my Bible and I need to get a new Bible. I need to order a new King James open Bible leather with gold trim. I need another Bible. I've worn out the old one. Or I went into the bookstore and I said, honey, I've worn out my Bible. I said, I need another Bible. I'd like to order an NIV Bible, an NIV adventure Bible with Apocrypha and with life-size fold-out Bible maps of the Holy Land. That's a Bible, but it's another Bible. So the word that Jesus is using here, when he says in our text that he's going to send another helper, he is using the word another, alos, Another of the same kind, class, and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality. Jesus is going to send another comforter, another helper. In other words, he had been their helper. He had been there to teach them to pray. Jesus healed them, and he helped them, and he taught them, and he provided for them. And Jesus says, as I was with you, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and everything I was to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you in the same kind. Very important to make that distinction. Now, here's another distinction that we need to make. The Holy Spirit is a who and not a what. Nothing drives me more nuts, y'all, than people who refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. Have you ever heard that? It's like, oh man, the Holy Spirit, it really moved. And, and referring to the Holy Spirit as it, that's, that's just rude. I mean, how would you like to, someone to refer to you as it? No, that's just rude. When in fact, the Holy Spirit is not an it, he is a person. Not an essence, not a force, not electricity, not a what, but a person who. A.W. Tozer said it like this. He said the Holy Spirit is a being dwelling in another mode of existence. He has no weight, nor measure, nor size, nor any color, no extension in space, but he nevertheless exists as surely as you and I exist. The Holy Spirit is a person with all the qualities and powers of personality, not an it, not like electricity, not like we see on TV oftentimes where the Holy Spirit is being thrown out in the audience like a frisbee. How often we've seen that where, you know, the guy goes, you know, to the audience, you know, to this corner, he goes, bam, and people go, ah, they all fall over, bam, to the middle, ah, are Bam! Oh the Holy Spirit's moving and then people get up and do the wave and they do the running man and the cabbage patch and all this stuff here. And we're like, oh, and you can just throw them around. Well take off your jacket, man, and just kind of wave it at people and boo. Not an electricity or force or an it or anything like that. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you say to me, Rodney, listen, what's the big deal, man? So what if somebody refers to him as an it? So what if somebody refers to him as an, an essence or force or electricity? Or if somebody refers to him as a person? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, I think the a big deal, the big deal is how you relate to the Holy Spirit is how you understand him. You see, if you believe that the Holy Spirit is a force, then you're likely to try to channel in and harness and tap in to the force. But if you believe and understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, well, then what you would want to do is submit to him and be led by him and allow him to. Live in your life and direct your steps and lead you and teach you and guide you into all truth. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit will change based on your understanding of who he is. R.A. Torrey said it like this. He said, if we think the Holy Spirit, as many do, as merely a power or influence, our constant thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? But if we think of him in the biblical way as a divine person, our thought would rather be, how can the Holy Spirit have more of me? That's true. So very important, your understanding. So the Holy Spirit's a person, not a force, not electricity, not energy. What I'd like to do in the remainder of our moments together is to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit and what makes him a person, because he has a personality and he has personality traits, just like you have a personality and you have personality traits. You, you're, you're able to exercise your will. You're able to choose. You're able to think. You're able to love. You're able to hate. You're able to forgive. You're able to do these things that only a person can do. And by pointing out these things to you, hopefully it will give you a better understanding that the, personality, the, the, the Holy Spirit is not a, a energy, but he is a person. A person with personality traits. First of all, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches, has intelligence. The Holy Spirit has intelligence. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 It reads, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Well, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the Holy Spirit has intelligence. He is able to search, the Bible says, the deep things of God. An energy, a force, an essence, doesn't have intelligence. Secondly, The Holy Spirit has a will. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. But to one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And we'll talk about this in the coming months. But that's simply just saying that some people have gifts, many gifts, and some have one gift, gift gift. But it is the Holy Spirit who gives out the gifts, severally even to some, as he wills. He has a will. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit has emotion. The Holy Spirit has the ability to love. Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through, note, the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, the Holy Spirit has the ability to love Now, we often think of the love of God, that God so loved the world. We talk about the love of God. we all know the stories of Jesus and how He loved people, and that's one characteristic of Jesus, and most certainly we all need in the church today, and that is loving people, loving people that's what Jesus did. you know we talk about what would Jesus do, what would Jesus do well. Why don't we all try to love people like Jesus did? He just loved people. And we think of love, we think of, yeah, God the Father loved the world. God the Son loved the world, that he died on Calvary's cross for the sins of men. But how often have we ever taken the time to think that the Holy Spirit loved the world? The Holy Spirit has overflowing abundant love for us. It's the same kind of love that the Father had, and it's the same kind of love that the Son had. Get this. The Father doesn't love you more, the Holy Spirit doesn't love you more, and the Son doesn't love you more. They love you the same. The love of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be lied to, talking about his personality. Acts chapter 5, you know that story. The husband and wife team, Ananias and Sapphira... They lied to the Holy Spirit. They sold a piece of property and they went to the church and said, oh, we sold this great piece of property and uh, we got this much money for it. And here we're giving this money to God. And Peter looked at them and said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? And they died right there on the spot. Now, what can we learn from that? Don't be lying, y'all especially when it comes to real estate. <laughs> you see, you can't lie to a force or an energy or electricity. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can be quenched. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. That word quench means to extinguish. It means to suppress. It means to stifle. In other words, the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. And he wants the flame of the of the Holy Spirit to burn bright. God wants the flame of the Holy Spirit to burn bright in your life. And and you can quench that. We can quench that by a lot of things, by walking in the flesh and doing what God doesn't want us to do. We can suppress that and quench that. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Again, you can't quench or force, you can't quench a force or an energy or electricity. Talking about his personality. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 tells us the Holy Spirit can be grieved. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And that word grieve means to hurt deeply or to deeply hurt. It implies there's authority that's being exercised. And when you're unwilling to submit to that authority, you're deeply hurting and grieving the Holy Spirit. And you grieve the heart of Jesus. And you grieve the heart of the Father because you won't submit to to his authority and you you grieve his agenda for your life, his plan and his purpose for your life. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 63.10, but they rebelled and they grieved the Holy Spirit. Again, you can't do that to a force or an energy. The Holy Spirit speaks in Acts chapter 13, verse 2. Look that up in your own time. The Bible teaches the Holy Spirit, like a person, listen, has the ability to teach. It's found in John chapter 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will note this, teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said unto you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit teaches us. Now, how many times have you been in a situation or you've been in the discussion with somebody or someone and and, and the Holy Spirit brings scripture verses to your memory? How many times that happened, And you're just talking and, you you know, and and, and the Holy Spirit's just bringing, you know, you're thinking, man, this is going good. And yeah, what about this verse? Yeah, what about that? And God's bringing those things to remembrance. And you think, wow, I really did learn something between naps and listening to Rodney's sermons. I did, I got something. The Holy Spirit is teaching you. Listen, I can't teach you anything. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches. You know, I heard this story about Mr. Rogers. You know, the children's television personality. And this is a true story. Mr. Rogers is also an ordained minister. And he says it was years ago, my wife and I were worshiping in a little church with friends. We were on vacation, and I was in the middle of my homiletics course. Homiletics is the study of preaching, learning how to preach. So he says he was in the middle of his homiletics course, and he said, During this sermon, he says, I kept picking off every mistake I thought the preacher, who was 80 years old, was making. When this interminable sermon finally ended, I leaned into my friend, intending to say something critical, And I stopped myself when I saw the tears running down his face, and he whispered to me, he said exactly what I needed to hear. And that was an incredible lesson, he said, and an experience for me. I was judging, and he was needing. And the Holy Spirit responded to me about judgment. You see, it is the Holy Spirit that teaches. And so some people, they're sitting there listening to a sermon and they're thinking, man, I ain't getting nothing out of this. This ain't, this ain't this. Rodney must be off today, man. I mean, I ain't getting nothing out of this. And meanwhile, the person right next to you, they're weeping. And the Holy Spirit is completely speaking to them. See, it is the Holy Spirit that teaches. It's the Holy Spirit that takes the seed of the word of God and plants it in the hearts of the individual and the Holy Spirit waters that seed and it brings forth fruit. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches, I just need to be faithful and you just need to be faithful to speak the word of God so that God's word can go and do the work. I can't tell you how many times I've walked out of the pulpit, walked outside or in the lobby or whatever. Somebody comes up to me and they're all excited. Pastor Rodney, i got to show you what God told me. And while you were preaching, God said this. And, 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 and then you said that. And then this. And, you know, and man, that spoke right to me when you said this and you said that. And, man, I wrote it down. And, and, and I'm looking at him going, great. Praise the Lord. That's awesome, man. Meanwhile, in my mind, I know I didn't say that. I, I'm, I know I didn't say that. Now, it does not mean because I didn't say it that the Holy Spirit didn't speak it. It just means I know I didn't say that. Well, Ronnie, and then you said this, and then you said that, and then you said this. And I'm like, great, that's awesome, man. Oh, wow, man, that was good. What did I say? That was really, really good. And all the while, I know I didn't say that, but the Holy Spirit said that. And so as you teach the word of God, and as we just continue to be faithful to the word of God, what we do is we just speak the word and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them. You see, as pastors and ministers and people who teach the word, and whether you're in school or whether you're in the office, whoever you might be, be faithful to just give people the word of God. And that's why people have gotten so far away from from what the scriptures teach. And, and this whole subject of the Holy Spirit has just gotten way out there because people will not stay true to the word. And yet we have churches that are full and pulpits that are full of people saying, you know, we, we trust God. We trust God and we believe God and we have faith in God. Well, listen, if you really trust God and you really believe God and you really have faith in God, then be faithful to his word. He will do the work. The Bible says the word of God is the power of God unto salvation. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. And what happens is you just preach the word. What I'm doing is I've got a bag full of seed right here. I got a bag full of seed, okay? And what I do is I just take my hand, put my hand in the seed, just like a sower sowing seeds in a field. I take a handful of seed, which is the word of God, and I just cast it out among the people. And where it lands, it depends on whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do with it. And where he wants it to land, he knows that. I don't know that. And he takes that seed as it's flying, the word of God as it's flying out in the air, and he will take the seed of the word of God and plant it in the hearts of the individuals who have hearts to receive. And what happens is you all walk out of here hearing the same sermon, but yet the Holy Spirit spoke something totally different to all of you in some specific area of your life. Man, you got a problem in your marriage. You got a problem in your children. You got a problem at work. You got a problem in this situation and and, and need an answer to that and need a word from God there. The seed of the word of God is faithful. And how many times have I been preaching something from this word that has nothing to do with the situation that's going on out here? People walk up and say, God really spoke to me. And I'm great. Praise the Lord. So we must be faithful to teach the word, to cast the seed, and allow the Holy Spirit to teach. He, Jesus said to his disciples, will lead you and teach you and guide you in all truth. We must be faithful. That's why we teach verse by verse here. That's why. Because we really believe it's the Holy Spirit that teaches I can't tell you how many times I'm in the Bible and I'm like in Isaiah 61 and I first, you know, read it because I'm preparing a sermon and I'm looking at and I'm going, you know, God, you know, there is nothing in here for me to teach. There's just nothing there. What do you want me to say with this? I'm like, what? there's nothing there. And God says, oh, yeah, you just keep staring at it. Look. I've been staring at it for a week. There's nothing there. And you know what happens is, after a while, then I come in the pulpit, and that night, maybe Wednesday night, I start teaching the word, and God starts bringing things. And people are learning the word, and people are being taught by the spirit, not by Rodney. By the spirit, he will teach you. The Holy Spirit teaches. Listen, electricity, force a force, an essence, energy, they can't teach you. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. And then last, but certainly not least, our last point, the Holy Spirit. You, it is possible to blaspheme, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, it's found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Jesus is talking about the unforgivable, unpardonable sin. Now, we've all heard about the unpardonable sin. What is it? Is it smoking? No. Is it alcoholism, drinking? Is that unforgivable? No. You know, my daughter asked me even just last week. She said, Dad, is like um, suicide the unpardonable sin, unforgivable sin? If somebody commits suicide, can they be forgiven, she asked. And I said, absolutely. Now, I wouldn't recommend it. Amen. (laughs) But can you be forgiven? Absolutely. What is the unforgivable sin? Listen, it's simple as this. The unpardonable sin, the sin that will not be forgiven in this life nor in the life to come, the Bible teaches, is the rejection of the Holy Spirit. Is rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The unforgivable sin, stay with me, is not even speaking a word against Jesus. Now, before I was a Christian, I spoke a word against Jesus. I said bad things in regard to the person of Jesus. I think many people have said bad things in you know reference to Jesus or taking his name in vain or all of these kinds of things. We all have, but even that can be forgiven. Because if you simply say, Lord, I've said bad things against you. Lord, I have sinned and I repent of my sin and I confess my sin and I turn to you for forgiveness of my sin. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, to come live with inside of me. Then God will and he'll forgive you for all of your sins, past, present and future. He'll forgive you. So the unpardonable sin, the unforgivable sin, the only and I'm only sin that you cannot be forgiven of is if you reject Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you do that in this life and you take your last breath on this earth and take your next breath in the presence of God to give an account for your life, God will not forgive you. The Bible says it will not be forgiven in this life nor in the age or the life to come. That's the unpardonable sin. And that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you remember it was Nick who came to Jesus that night. And and Jesus said to him, Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus, he was a lawyer, he was a Pharisee, he was a really smart guy. And he's standing there trying to figure it out. He's like, be born again? Hmm, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and come back out? I mean, what's up with that, Jesus? And Jesus said, Nick, listen, don't try to figure it out. He said, well, I think he called him Nick. I mean, don't you think so? That's possible. How you know? You weren't there. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> don't try to figure this out. So listen, you, 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 you can't figure out where the wind comes from, and you can't even figure out where the wind is going. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. Nick, all you need to know is you must be born again. You must receive the Spirit of God. But Nick, that's the only sin that you can't be forgiven of. It's the unpardonable sin. Well, you can't blaspheme an energy or in force or an essence, but you can blaspheme the person, and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I pray that, that, that you don't do that. I pray that you would receive Jesus, and I pray that you would, would really ask him to come into your life and, and, and to be born again, because I really believe, you've heard me say it a thousand times, but I really believe we're, we're really nearing the end of the age. Man, if it were not for the grace of God, man would destroy himself. We are at the end of the age. Jesus is coming soon, and I pray that you would receive him as your Lord and Savior. Listen, even if you have are been, been backslidden, and, and you've been away from God, and you've received the Lord some time ago, but, but you've, you got off track somewhere, or maybe someone said something, or some church has done something, or some pastor has hurt you in a very, very deep way. Listen, God can heal that hurt also, and he wants to, but you've got to repent. And you've got to turn to Him and ask Him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin and fill you with His Holy Spirit. And God will take your life and change your life. And, and you'll be filled up with Him. And you'll walk with Him. And, and you'll have a whole new life. A whole new life. God wants to do that in you. And He wants to do it today.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.